0: Hello, Saucers, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 18. If you were easing into the new year, we hope you all had a wonderful January. And for our first episode of February, we are talking about burnout and how to avoid it. Throughout this episode, Molly and I actually touch on a few people that we've seen in the news recently, pausing and saying, I either need to take a timeout or this is no longer suits me and I no longer want to do this. So throughout the episode, Molly and I talk about, we lean on Harvard Business Review article that helps us talk about what are the four things that lead to burnout and how you can avoid it and what you can do to avoid it. A great episode as we kick off the year and I think kind of reset um, and think about what we want ahead in the year. We hope you enjoy. Thank you always for listening, saucers. Take care. Hi, and welcome to the Sauce Podcast, where you will meet your hosts, Molly McKinstry and me, Liz Hajar. We are two colleagues turned friends who worked together in tech sales for nearly 10 years. Throughout those 10 years, we grew a lot personally and professionally. Today, Molly runs a sales org at a tech startup. She lives in Denver, Colorado with four children. I live in London, and I'm running a sales team for Northern Europe of a tech startup as well. Molly and I are different in many ways but share the same values and drive and that is how we built a wonderful friendship. While we no longer work together at the same company, we put our heads together and dreamed up the Sauce podcast. We wanted to have a platform that would build a community where we and others share all their business tips, tricks, and perspectives we or they have learned along the way. So Saucers, tune in each week as Molly and I share business tips and tricks. And have fun with us along the way. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Maul. How are you? I'm good. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. Tell me how everything is in Colorado because you know, now that I've only passed through Colorado, <laughs> I forget about uh, I forget about those
1: storms. So a big blizzard. We had a huge blizzard this week. I think in my backyard with like, you know, the yardstick, we got 10 inches. What? Yeah. 10 inches of snow. Oh, I mean, almost a full foot of snow. What? Do you have a yardstick out there with the kiddos? Yeah, do we you know like it? go and measure it and, yes. you know, it's so fun. But yes, yeah, so right now we're coming towards late Jan oh, and it, they said it was a 30-year storm in terms of the amount of Accumulation in Denver Metro that we hadn't had a January snow accumulation like that in 30 years. So it was, it was fun. You know, my kids just absolutely love getting snow days, which I remember as a kid absolutely loving. Yeah. Does mom love snow days though? (laughs) I know. Does mom (laughs) love snow days? That's the question. You know, there are so few downsides to remote work, like basically none, but not getting snow days could be the one. Could be the one because that's know, yeah. My, my, yes, that could be it. Because my kids are here and they want to play and I and I want them to have an awesome day. But it's like mom's got a full calendar. So we we always totally improv fine. and make it work.
0: Wow, Maul, that is a lot. I didn't even realize that it was almost a foot of snow.
1: Crazy. No, I know. I know. So fun for, you know, skiing and getting up to the mountains when, and we'll plan to enjoy that. But here in Denver. Yeah. Just, wow. I thought I was life. tough.
0: Yeah. I thought I was tough in my three inches in Seattle. And I was like, look at me driving. So I <laughs> guess not. You know, but good mole I'm glad that the fam's good and that you're doing yeah. good. You are all okay over there. Tell me about you. How is your week? What have you been up to? Yeah. um, And I'm sitting back from the camera today. Uh, if we post this on YouTube. I'm trying to <laughs> do the same. I know. I'm trying. <laughs> because the reel looked better. For all of you saucers we talked in the last episode, sometimes I'm so close and the real is just like up front
1: and personal. Getting, of, in. Getting in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm working on why, Molly, you're small. We had it when you talked to go big, but like now it's like um, I'm big and you're small. So guys, we're working
1: on it. I'm great but, to be small. I'm great yep. to be small.
0: <laughs> well, like, listen, fine to be big. Um, but yeah, things have been good. I've been, you know, back in London. I said I was easing in. Um, one thing that I wanted is those that know me know that I really love my mornings. Kind of for me, it's my workout time, all of that. So one of my goals, uh, as we talked last episode, of just some thoughts I have around things is really trying to capture my mornings again. Um, I feel much better. I feel much more energized when I have me time. And usually that does mean the gym. Mm. And what that looks like is changing as I get older. Um, But it's been good because I've actually been listening to podcasts and I love listening to podcasts and also love listening to podcasts to hear how people structure, you know, all the different things about podcasts. And um, I didn't tell you this, but I, yeah, I pinged a couple friends on this. Um, I listened to Call Her Daddy. We've talked about Call Her Daddy on here and um, how that whole podcast came to be today. But I listened to the, you know, the Chainsmokers Mall? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I love some of their songs. Right? They had that big run in like the teens, the 2015, yes. and they talk about Boulder. They do. Your roommate back in Boulder, we ain't never yeah, getting yeah. older. For sure. Exactly. <laughs>
0: um And they were on Call Her Daddy, and I really actually didn't know much about them except for I did love running to a lot of their songs. I liked their songs, and um, but they all started to sound a little bit the same. So actually throughout the episode, I'm listening to it. And I was like, why are these guys on Call Her Daddy? You know what I mean? Um, Just curious. And actually they have a new album coming out. But they – in the end of 2019, January 2020, so before COVID – they kind of put a statement out saying, like, we're going off social media, we're disappearing, we're exhausted. Um, mm-hmm. I guess they had they had a show at like the win or like um Encore in Vegas. Yeah. And they were doing a whole bunch of stuff out here at Ibiza, uh, which I've been to Calvin Harris there, and it's great. Um, but they were going Ooh. back and forth between Europe and Vegas and they hit huge burnout. And I actually liked listening to the episode. And like, listen, people might have their opinion about the chain smokers and what it was all about. I think they've, they've had a lot of fun in their in their music, EDM, pop world, okay? Yeah. But they said that they hit burnout and they needed to take a year to reset. And I think due to COVID, they actually ended up taking a couple years and came out with this album recently. And I actually really liked that they were pretty vocal about it. And listen, they also mentioned they have a lot of privilege and what they did with their time off. They went to Hawaii, went surfing and really wanted to find their creative energy to write again. And yeah. and I know that not everybody has that. So I was listening to that. And then I got a I I I I'm subscribed to The Skim, which S-K-I-M-M, love. I highly recommend if you guys don't have it. It breaks down the news kind of easily for you in bite-sized pieces. And I saw the PM of New Zealand – actually, the PM of New Zealand has stepped down because she has said she no longer has – it's kind of like the capacity for this role.
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw that as well.
0: Yeah. And we don't necessarily like get political on here. So I don't, and I actually don't know a ton about the PM of New Zealand. I remember she was pretty, there was a lot around her around COVID and how she handled COVID for New Zealand. Um, And I think there was a pretty sad, the first ever or one of the first or the largest school shooting in New Zealand. And she was the prime minister when that all took place and handled that. But I thought it was pretty big. And again, I don't know if there's some political insights to this or whatever. So, you know, with what we know, what I know. It was interesting for me to like hear the chain smokers and hear her saying like, I'm stepping down. This is too much. And I think for the last 15 years, 10 years ago, you wouldn't hear somebody saying, I'm exhausted. I need to step down. I need to take a breather. And I really thought it was really, really refreshing. As we talked about, I took a sabbatical on here and I really, really liked that. And I actually thought, Maul, that could be something that we could kind of dive into, um, especially in today's world right now.
1: Yeah, well, I completely agree, and I know we have we have touched on the need for a sabbatical, wanting to take a break, burn out slightly, but. We do today want to talk about it further and how to avoid getting yourself to burnout. Because to me, it does actually correlate pretty strongly to our last episode around New Year's resolutions and this concept of a reset and a fresh start. And we, we talked about whether you're all in on a New Year's resolution, where you, whether you don't touch it at all, or maybe whether you're dabbling or, or damply <laughs> uh, trying a New Year's resolution. But it does connect now to this topic of we are starting a brand new year, and no matter what, all of us I would imagine want to have a successful year, a healthy year, a, a year that feels really fulfilling. And how do we ensure we don't commit to too much, sign up for too much, and ultimately get ourselves to a place of burnout? And I think the chain smokers example is really interesting because. You know, you, you, I think all of us can assume like that rock star lifestyle maybe isn't you know the healthiest. I I don't know how much they love their mornings as an yeah, example. Exactly. Um, but I I also saw the New Zealand Prime Minister. I think her name's Jacinda. She, she stepped down and she was, to your point, she was a young woman, prime minister. And so she had had a lot of like attention and notoriety for that. I think she's 42 years old and she's been in the role for five and a half, six years. And she, wow. you're right, Liz, has come up and said like, I don't have the capacity any longer to do this role at, at the level it needs to be done. And actually the quote that she said, which re- I, I love and I'll tell you why is this concept of enough in the tank? I don't have enough in the mm. tank, and I, I think we'll come back to that because I've got a lot of feelings about the size of your tank and what you put in it. Um, but all connecting back to, let's talk about burnout. Let's talk about how to prevent ourselves from getting there, and let's talk about what are the signs or the things to look for when you may feel like it's it's creeping in. There's an HBR Harvard Business Review article, I think, you know, we've we've referenced a few of them here, love a lot of the content they produce that basically says there are three components to burnout and they are exhaustion, cynicism, and inefficacy, which is basically a lack of achievement or productivity, feeling like there is incompetence connected to Whatever you're doing, whether it's your job, whatever it is that's causing you to be burnt out. And so I think, Lizzie, we want to have a conversation around those things and how if you are feeling exhausted, feeling cynical, feeling uninspired by the productivity at your job, what can you do to help yourself get back on track and not get too empty, not get to 0%? What can you do?
0: Yeah. And I think here's the thing we have talked about taking it. And I think the option of just leaving your job and saying, I'm out, isn't what everybody can do. And, you know, I feel we've talked about, I've taken a sabbatical and I feel very, very fortunate that I was able to do that. And that Glassdoor supported me in that, and I was able to come back to a job. Um, and so I think that this is a real thing that a lot of us feel that like, if you're feeling like I can't quit, and i feel a little stuck but potentially it's cuz of that burnout so maybe we'll talk through the three things maul let's start with exhaustion and just kind of define that because i think it'd be really helpful if you're starting to feel any of these we'll then get to what are some things you can do about these and give some of our own personal experience but in the world that maul and i are in right now in tech you know there are happening it, it's tough time right now there's a lot of layoffs which means there's a lot of people that might end up taking on more work and or there might be um you know, less people to do the same amount. And yeah. I want to be very careful The people who are laid off because I think that that is a very, very, very other side of the coin. Tough, tough, tough position to be in. But people that stay, there might be more to do with less people and that could bring you to burnout. So as we mm-hmm. ease into this year, exactly as Maul said, let's just touch on the three things. So maybe exhaustion, Maul, what does that kind of look like to you or how does HBR define that?
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) exhaustion to me looks like uh, Sadie coming into my bed at one o'clock in the morning and keeping me up till four and laying across my head and like having no sleep. Um, That's a very specific example of what causes exhaustion. But in a work setting, and again, this is what HBR talks about is it's kind of like you're not able to get yourself concentrating on the bigger picture and even the day-to-day kind of more standard simple simple components of your job become arduous and they become difficult for you. like you cannot even you can't even get yourself the level of energy needed to yeah. now complete your role in you know whether it's the same capacity or to Liz's point, if there's fewer resources now, you're being asked to do more, you just like you don't feel good about it and you feel super low energy. And yeah, I think all of us have probably had that experience connected to work, whether it was a a broader period of time that made us think about taking a break, possibly resigning or, you know, you're working, it's an intense month, it's an intense quarter, you've got this big project and it's easy to feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know that I have the energy to do this. Um, but I also think it's really important, you know, you, you come to the decision moment of, I, I, this, this matters to me. I'm not leaving my job. I'm not taking a break. So what can I do to combat this feeling of exhaustion? What can I do to get re-energized, kind of get recommitted if you will, and not feel like every day, again, you're getting too empty. That's how they, that's how they're defining it.
0: Yeah. I think that well, we can move on to the next, but I mean, I can just uh, say the whole year of 2016, you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, I think,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So exhaustion. So, well, nice job there. Let's move to the, yeah, we'll go to the next one. We'll define the next one. Okay. So cynicism, do you want to take it? Yep. I can talk on that one. Cause I actually think this one's really interesting. This I is kind too. of like, I think it's, I kind of see it as becoming a little bit cynical around your job. And depersonalization depersonalization towards like your engagement in your job and what you're doing. So instead of feeling like, yes, I can't wait to be assigned more and I want to take this project and do great things, you actually kind of become very cynical of, oh, that's just more on my plate. I have to do more. Of course I have to do more. I always have to do more. And a little bit more, I see it kind of down there. And Harvard Business Review talks Mm -hmm. about how that happens when there's like unfair rules or things aren't fair and one person has to work more. There's no guidelines. Mm -hmm. And actually, I've probably been a leader who's caused some of this, to be honest, because especially in a sales Mm -hmm. org, when you start to grow and grow and grow, if there's not certain boundaries people start to grab accounts and and you know it's not maliciously it's just kind of how it goes and so everybody around you just feels defeated and i think you can feel a lot of defeat is how i kind of see some of the um the cynicism in that way and i think what it turns into is you're feeling less engaged at your job you're not feeling attached to your accomplishments at all you're kind of annoyed not thankful for anything I get it. We we can get there. And yeah. then I think you end up starting to turn everything into a negative and you can just talk yourself and everybody around you into how crappy is my job? This company yeah. is horrible. Yeah. Man, I need to get out. And you kind of get into this just negative hole and gratitude out the window and trust. <laughs> been there. Been there. Especially when you feel like the, the playing field's a little bit more unfair and yeah. your manager potentially is not seeing that. Um, or yeah. So that's a little bit how I kind of see it.
1: Okay. Gosh. Also, you know, I think we're we're all probably thinking about moments, either we've participated in cynicism or we've been surrounded by it and the impact it has on us. Again, we're going to come to what you can do to help combat all of these things, but let's define the last one. So we've talked about exhaustion. We've talked about cynicism. Now there's this concept of inefficacy, which is not an easy word to pronounce. Just I feel like I I really have to, I have to really practice. Um, But this isn't, concept of incompetence or a lack of achievement, a lack of productivity. And so Harvard says that people who are feeling burnt out typically also begin to feel like their skills are slipping and their ability to accomplish tasks and perform, likely highly perform, start to feel lost. Um, And this the stress of being so exhausted not having the energy to take on the the level of work you do you need feeling a little bitter a, a little cynical a little cynical you know it's uh, it's very natural to then feel like i'm not even really good at this anymore and i don't think i have the skills to do this or i'm not being supported to the level i need to be in order to be successful so there's also this you know it can kind of become inward are you feeling are you feeling incompetent about your own self or it can be outward my company my team my department is not setting me up for success i don't have the resources i need and therefore i'm i'm not succeeding so a, a very, again, um, probably all of us have have experienced either days, weeks, broader periods like that. But what we want to spend the next several minutes on is, okay, if all of us have been there and that is a natural component of, of work. And relate what, to
0: one of those three because I think Harvard Business Review su- sums up. When we're feeling burnout, it's sometimes energy, it's sometimes unfairness and all that. Sometimes it's, I'm overloaded and I'm not feeling like I'm getting rewarded or something like that. If we're all feeling one of those, I think it's,
1: what can you do? Because you can't what, leave your job. Right. What What can you do? And, and sometimes the answer is going to be to leave your job, but yes. that can't be the answer every time, right? You know, um, if every single time any of us felt exhausted or cynical or like we weren't succeeding, you know. We couldn't just give yeah. our job every time. And I think what we want to shift to now is how do we recover when we're feeling this way and how do we prevent this cycle of burnout creeping in? Because to the concept of the tank, and maybe I'll just give, give my yes. view here before we get to the three recommendations we have, I... I feel like understanding the size of your quote unquote tank, like your capacity as a human is a very, very important self-awareness exercise for, for all of us to, to do and acknowledging that your tank does not get bigger over time, but the amount that tries to get in does. And so yeah. I think you have to become very, very focused on what is deserving of your energy what's going in the tank because if you get it wrong and you put stuff in the tank that isn't deserving you don't have the energy then for the things that are and if we think back to jacinda the prime minister who says my i don't have enough in the tank i'm not at all saying you know she's not prioritized her energy correctly but she's probably reflected actually this is taking too much of me and i'm not getting the fulfillment in the other areas of my life that my tank requires. Right. Um, so I just think, I think thinking of your capacity in this metaphor of like a tank that gets full and a tank that gets empty is just, it's been very helpful for me to just check in and, and ask, like, did that deserve, did that deserve to enter the tank? For yeah. That, like, that that no, no. Then.
0: Lids on, not diving in. But I love that, Molly, because especially as more comes on your plate and more happens, why would you put something in that's just going to deplete your energy? Because you got to be balancing a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. yep. I love that. And that's actually one of the first things that Harvard Business Review says, that if you're feeling one of those three things that we walk through, how do you prioritize? It's They say to prioritize self-care, and how do you yeah. do that? And so, yes. Molly, you talk about the tank. I think what I would touch on here is we talked on the last episode how like I'm not a big extreme personality. I'm not like I'm all in. I'm not. And that's why I need friends like that because it helps get me get me going. But where I am a little bit extreme is I've always liked to be take on more, do more in my career. And I really don't know what that is. I don't know if that's because that's where I get my own. I don't know. We don't need to get, we don't need to get deep here. But like I don't know. But like I've always been like and I'm like, no, I'm going to cancel that to do this. And I'm going to show up to work. I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm going to do that this and that Mm
1: -hmm. i've
0: never been like extreme extreme but there's been times i've been extreme okay so i'm not like new always like that but i have i don't really take a lunch break because i'd rather work through lunch so i can end earlier than working to the night and i said my body's kind of primed for that i do better at noon but by four o'clock five o'clock i'm kind of like tapping out but i think that as i've gotten older in regards to work and exhaustion I'm okay if I'm not at my desk at 8 or 9 a.m. If it's five, If I have a meeting, I have a meeting. But really figuring out what works for me. And I'm trying to now build in, Do is it that I go for a walk? And one of the biggest things is I spend a lot of time in my upper 20s not taking as many vacations as I should have or holidays as I should have. And I watch some of the people on my mm-hmm. teams um, get married. And they're like, hey, I'll work up to the wedding day. And then like, I'm going to be out and I'm going to go from here. And even with babies too. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if maybe that's going to be a distraction for you with the baby, but I have just gotten so much better. Like when I'm on vacation, majority, we talked about this many times. I am checked out and because I need that time to refill my cup. Otherwise I come back and start to get some of those three things back at my job. Oh, because yep. of this job, all I have to do is work, 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 and I never get to take time off. And that's where that narrative starts to come. So I, Maul and I have talked boundaries on here, and we've mm-hmm. also talked some of this. In order for me to prevent exhaustion, it's really, really making my boundaries happen and and scheduling that time for myself and really checking out of work. And I just mm-hmm. say for huge life events, bye, check out. So yeah. that's a little bit how I kind of help get myself to balance that. It's okay. just physical and, and- exhaustion.
1: That really to me is it's prioritizing self-care. It is knowing what you need, what you personally need to, to your, to your point, combat exhaustion or cynicism. And I, I, the, the personalization of that really matters because what you require for self-care and re-energizing is not necessarily the same as me, as your peers, as, as the other people you're around. So, number one thing we're saying, if you are feeling exhausted, cynical, like your your job is is creating a feeling of a lack of success, go back to how am I prioritizing my own self-care right now? What am I doing to take care of myself and get myself healthy both physically and and mentally and emotionally, right? So, that's number one. I want to also share so again, we're we're following along on the on the HBR article, which we will share. The, the other thing they say, which this feels simple, but I think it is more difficult in practice is shift your perspective. Mm. So while rest and relaxation can ease exhaustion and this idea of self-care certainly is a good kind of like foundational starting point, they're not going to fully address the cause of the burnout. And so it is really important that you take all of us, take a closer look at what is how am I showing up with my mindset? What assumptions am I bringing to this dynamic? And what can I do simply with my perspective to change the way I'm approaching this? We've already talked about gratitude, um, thinking about, you know, well, maybe all this stuff feels hard, not good, not what I want let me take a moment and think about all of the really good things that I'm getting as a result of this job, whether it's flexibility, whether it's healthcare, whether it's whatever your compensation is, actually redirecting your perspective to, okay, I've spent a lot of time on the negative. I've got to create more space and energy now to think about the good. And when you give yourself the permission to do that, you kind of turn that cynical voice off. Typically, you begin to remind yourself like there is there is good here and i am growing and i am learning and i'm you know connecting with people that i i really respect and trust but you have to take that moment that intentional moment to say i am shifting my thinking on this and i'm going to mind over matter i am going to choose gratitude i'm going to choose reflection introspection versus just going negative
0: Totally. And I think one area, is sometimes it's, you have to re- I write my gratitude journal, but I think one thing is is re- reminding in a small little sense here, trusting good intent. When I sometimes start to get into the weeks and the weeks, it's like, why did that happen? This happened? Oh, I bet. It's like, why don't you just take a breather, change your perspective and trust good intent? And does the whole narrative change? May or may not. And actually in this article, HBR gives an example of someone changing their perspective and I actually really like it. And someone else who says, they, you know, changing their perspective, they realized their perspective was they needed to exit their job because they weren't good. They were continuing to have burnout and exhaustion, which is very interesting. So changing perspective, I think is very fair. I think if we wrap up the third piece that wow. Harvard Business Review says to support you if you are dealing with exhaustion or, ex- or dealing with burnout, reduce exposures to job stressors. So I think here, this is just thinking about what is giving you this constant pressure Why are you feeling this constant need and stress in your job? Um, And I think that that's a really, really big, really, really big piece. As Molly, you said, you have to fill up your cup, your jobs part of it, your friends, your family, relationships are another part of it. If job stressors are taking up too much of that cup, how can you reverse that or unwind that and ask yourself, how can you put some of those boundaries
1: in place? Yep. This, and it, it does connect back to this concept of boundaries. So reducing exposure to stressors. Okay. You're kind of like, uh, how do I do that? Right? Like the, that's I not that them. easy. Yeah. yeah. But I do think it comes back to on making a choice of what is getting, what is worthy of my full attention, full energy. What is worthy of some of my attention, some energy what am I not taking on? What what do I know I am not able to take on? And when you establish those boundaries and you communicate them out to people, I I think it's actually a super empowering approach and you're going to help others. You're probably going to help the culture of the people who are you're working alongside because you get to say, and I actually had an example of this, this week, I had somebody messaging me real time. I had someone messaging me into the evening, uh, you know, six 37 o'clock at night. And it wasn't up. It wasn't negative. It wasn't invasive. It was nothing, but I knew I, I don't want to be working right now. I'm with my family. We are having dinner. I'm not working right now. And I actually responded to them. Hey, thanks so much for reaching out. I got your note. I'm spending time with my family and I'm really working on this boundary. So I'll plan to sync up with you in the morning when I'm online. And I, I said, I am working on this boundary because it keeps me accountable, but it also lets them know, like, unless it's urgent, probably don't ping Molly at night because I want to help support her in honoring her boundary.
0: Exactly. I think one other example on this when I, in the job stressors is as you grow in your career, I remember when somebody first quit, when I was first leading people and they first quit and they go, um, and they were like, uh. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. I mean, we've had many people leave since then. And so it's also just taking some of the, some of the moments and really asking yourself, is this the end of the world? Is this the biggest, you know, not trying to blow it up too much. Um, so I think that's something else to touch on there. So I guess while we you want to wrap this up, the final thing they say is to seek out connections.
1: Yes, seek out connections. You're not at it alone. If you have you know people inside of work, mentors outside of work, if you know you have someone you talk to, a counselor, a therapist, your partner, your friends like Really seeking out community and connections, but remember, not cynically, not in a complaining, negative way. In a yep. way where you are truly seeking ad- advice and help, and um, m- maybe just Retourship. yes, yenting, but not not in the in the negative, cynical spiral. Exactly. Yes.
0: So I think as we go into the new year there might be changes happening at where you are in your in your personal life in your in your professional life or not but regardless you go into this year and you're maybe were feeling burnout to avoid that burnout Hope today, you kind of maybe, hopefully you're not feeling it, but if you are, those three buckets in the beginning, you're like, I do fit into one of those. And you really think about how you can start to either shift that perspective, build more relationships, or do something like that. Because we've all been there. 2016, we can talk about it. But just as you do it, remember,
1: <laughs> guys, always, remember saucers to always be bold. Always be bold. Always eat dessert. And lean on one another. We're here. Let's not get burnt out this year. Thanks for always being
0: here. Bye, Maul. Great to see you. Bye, Stay warm. Bye,
1: So good to see you. Ditto.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Sauce Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our personal anecdotes and biz tips and tricks we shared today. If you wouldn't mind subscribing and or following the podcast on any platform or leaving a one-line review of the podcast, it helps us out tremendously. Thank you, thank you. Molly and I would also like to state that everything stated on this podcast is our own opinions
1: and it's not shared on the behalf of others or on our employers. Thank you.